Top Flip Flops. Welcome to episode 85 of High Top Flip Flops. As always, my name is Krish. I'm here with Nivek. And today we have two incredibly special guests with us. We have Gulet Abdi and Tim Blair of the incredible CBC comedy sketch show titled Tall Boys. The show uh, is sometimes absurdist, sometimes filled with musical numbers, sometimes touching on some really important and, uh, you know, contemporary issues. Um, these two lads have done, uh, done their fair share of podcasts. So to, to join us uh, here on this balmy Thursday evening in March, the night that Norm Powell has been traded from the <laughs> Raptors, oh, you know, is a uh, day. It's a sad day, and you know this episode is just—it's just going to be a memorial episode. Actually, um, we're not going to touch on anything else. I hope that's okay. You know, for the next uh, <laughs> three hours, um, we're just going to run through his career uh, with the Raptors. I hope that's okay with the uh, with the two of you. Oh, no, I'm pre- prepared. Out. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay. I have some of my top five favorite norm moments. <laughs> I actually have a, a, a eulogy I'd like to uh, read. <laughs> No, please. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's where we need to start. But, um, <laughs> Shout out to Osmos. I mean, <laughs> they lost one today. I know they lost. They lost one for sure. But you know what? He's he's got his his and one deal now, which you know he's he's he was he was he's got his own understand the grind uh, brand that is really blowing up. This is sincerely becoming oh, a yeah. Norm, norm no, I, well. I, I I'm I'm discovering that and one is still around. Like I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is I'm learning two new things today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It it started with Fred. I guess he got his and one deal maybe two years ago, and yeah. he recently moved, and and now the mantle kind of uh, is held by by Norm Powell, which is wow. you know it's phenomenal. And you know what? It's going to be okay. The transition's going to be okay. He's playing for a team that also plays in uh, black, red, and white. So you know the 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 mental and emotional toll. And I think the Raptors are playing them in like three days or something mm-hmm. like that. So oh, that's wow. yeah, 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 yeah. They're like. The grieving process it, it will be uh, it will be it will be drawn out more than we we think. Um, but <laughs> to to actually uh, to get into what we actually wanted to talk about, um, as we said, you know, you you folks have have um, shared so much about your your writing process, um, about what this kind of journey of um, of of you know doing sketch comedy maybe and, and doing comedy individually and, and as a troupe, and then now on to CBC. Um, and yeah, we, we certainly hope to kind of, um, to maybe do a bit more reflection with you two today on, on, um, you know, challenges that you may have faced along the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe try and try and get to know the two of you, um, better as, as individuals as well. Um, I suppose the, 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 the warmup that we wanted to do, uh, is actually, um, have everyone open their, uh, YouTube up. And and share uh, three of the videos in the recommends. Oh wow! I feel like, I feel like there's no better way to uh, to get a <laughs> sense. I was telling Vic, I was like, it doesn't give us a sense of who you are overall, but it gives us a sense of like who you are in the past like two months, you know? Because the YouTube, yes. YouTube algorithm isn't like it's not too too intense, but uh, it gives you a good snapshot, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll give you two a second if you need, and I'm happy yeah, to yeah. start as well. I mean, I got, I got my stuff. I mean, the top yeah, three. Up. Top, yeah, that's right. That's right. Cause you know, there, there's a lot of them. So I, 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 I didn't want to have everyone read all of them out. Cause you know, we obviously don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Well, let's get too personal. There. That's right. That's right. You get to pick three. Uh, my, my top three are, uh, get out of bronze lobbies in Warzone. Warzone tips. I watch a lot of Warzone videos. So okay. <laughs> my, uh, it's, it, I think it helped improve my uh, gameplay, but I forget most of what's in these videos. Cause they're like, 25 to 30 minutes long a piece right. um the next one is called ollie pup it's um tmg knees tiny meat gang it's like a podcast um, nice. this, uh and i think it's one of the podcast hosts and his girlfriend and their dog and Sick. the third one is a uh, little dicky professional rapper featuring snoop dog reaction <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> i watch a lot of reaction videos uh especially when i love a song i don't know if i watch for little dicky but i think it's just recommended me because i watch a lot of reaction videos for for music videos so yeah we have that in common man top three i got the first one is a song a sean c reaction to brock hampton's buzz cut nice the, the single they just dropped yesterday uh, and yeah, what I love it when I'm hyped about a song and I'm so excited and I've already like listened to it like four or five times and there's no one to talk to. It's like three <laughs> in the morning, I'm like, all right, time to watch reaction videos. <laughs> Imagine I'm part having a conversation. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, that and then I got uh, Baby Keem, No Sense uh, music video that apparently just dropped. I have not watched oh, it yet, nice. but okay. it's in my recommendation. Nice. And then a third in the top three just says how Americans speak Spanish. It's 45 <laughs> seconds long and I, I can't looking from the frame. I don't, I have no context. It looks like a, a TV clip. It looks right. like a clip from a show, yeah. but I, I guess I'll check it out after this. It's piqued my interest. Incredible. <laughs> um, that's phenomenal. I think something that I didn't realize would happen as well is that by way of sharing your recommended, because your recommended are often if not most times are like adjacent to what you're actually watching. So by way of reading out your recommends, you're also like, there's a little part of you that's like justifying why it's there, you know? Yes. Which, uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't mean to do, but it ends up happening um, one way or another. Um, Nivek, did you want to share your, your top three? Yeah, for sure. One is a Scrubs clip. Uh, I don't know if there are any Scrubs heads here. Oh, man. Um, this one is the sad one. It's uh, where do you think we are? I don't know. Ooh, if you- uh. this guy dies and then uh one of the doctors is just he thinks he's still alive and then jd who's zach braff comes behind him he's like what do you think we are and then he's like (laughs) oh we're at a cemetery um so that's real oh my god that's really (laughs) introspective (laughs) yeah You were talking Beautiful. about war zone and reaction, but this is about life. <laughs> yeah. There's so much I can tell there's you have a lot of depth to you, Nivek, yeah. just from that. <laughs> oh. Thanks, King. Um, I also got if Frank Ocean made lo-fi hip hop radio. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> Always good. That one has made the rounds. Um, oh, and then um Eric Andre uh Mike Penis. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> It's truly a classic. It's truly yeah. a classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you. My uh, top three recommends are um, are the it's the 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 new Brockhampton song. Uh, I guess I watched the video last night, but it's showing up again. Um, I've got um, Aubrey Plaza's opening monologue at the 2019 uh, 
Film Independent Spirit Award. <laughs> I think I, I think I watched your opening monologue from last year, just yesterday. Hence why this is showing up. Uh, it was really well done. And um, I have uh, <laughs> I have highlights from uh, Mexico versus USA in the Concacaf Men's Olympic Qualifying uh, Soccer Tournament. Oh, nice. Those are my yeah. Those are my my uh, top three. I'll say top three. We'll just yeah. forget about the uh, the other ones. Um, <laughs> but thank you for uh, for indulging us because that um, as I said, it's a fun way to get a sense of maybe where where people's heads are at, uh, yeah. or, or maybe their minds are at. You know, Navek, we're concerned, man. I don't know why that clip was. Uh, was <laughs> well, in face. well, I like you know during the pandemic, I went back and watched whole shows, Sopranos. I'm on Scrubs right now because I watched Scrubs like ten years ago when I was in high school. You guys had any of those uh those kind of moments, any of those shows? Uh yeah, I've been going read back. I watched a little bit of Scrubs, but I like how many seasons is it? I, I yeah, I never seen a lot of it. Yeah, there's nine. We only recognize eight. Okay, because <laughs> ah, okay. they they recast at a certain point, right? Like the new generation comes in, they pull a Degrassi. Yeah, they did that exactly, and then nobody bought it because they're like, we need. Zach Braff, we need him back, you know? Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I've done that. Like, uh, I tried, but then I fall off immediately. Like, I'm trying to watch Adventure Time. I don't know where I left off. So I'm trying to start from the beginning. Oh, man. And I, but then I'm like, oh, man, this is, I don't know. I, I give myself these tasks that I'm like, why am I making myself feel bad for this thing that does not matter? I don't need to. There's no one's going to test me on this. I got to see all you know, these cartoons. Adventure Time's it. hard. There's a lot of Adventure Time. There's a lot, man. And it's only short few of them matter to the story. Yeah, apparently, like, only the last few seasons is actually, like, narrative where, like, the episodes actually link together. Oh. But before that, the first handful of seasons, like, it doesn't matter. It's just a bunch of random adventures. Uh, but a part of me is like, nah, man, if I want to consider myself a fan of a show i gotta know the lore i gotta know what's <laughs> first introduced episode what episode they came in uh their story arc you know even if it's a loose one <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that's funny that you mentioned that about beating yourself up about not watching the show i feel like every time someone says to me oh have you seen the show uh i'm notorious for uh just generally speaking not watching a, a whole lot of uh tv definitely youtube dwelling um, and my response to it is always like, oh, no, I I'm just so behind on TV. And it's like, it's, it's really okay. You know, like of all things to be behind on, it's okay. I'm behind on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still somehow manages to, uh, to, to make you feel guilty. Um, Look, hey, um, you guys are professional stand-up comedians. I've done stand-up one time. um so i just like to know like you know obviously you guys uh when you're coming up and you're doing all these sets you might have done certain jobs just to get by uh what are some you know some jobs you went through uh i've I've only ever had two jobs so far um i was a janitor for the toronto district school board Mm -hmm. they like hire students uh during the summer so it was like right right after i graduated high school i did that and then my second year of college for the summer i was a janitor and then after that i was a barista at starbucks for a few years Uh, and both both decent jobs you know i mean Mm -hmm. yeah not bad i think i like being a janitor a bit more uh but that i think that was also because i was a summer janitor i wasn't there when school uh children were there all the time (laughs) so it's pretty much just like hanging out in an empty school and like yeah, no one was making a mess, so it was like low pressure. Was it ever spooky that. at all? You know, being in that huge building alone. 
Oh, definitely. We we traveled around school to school. That like uh, that's what they do with the students. Like just wherever janitors need you. And a couple of them, like I think Northern, we went to, and we went to the basement. And it was all like oh, wow. decrepit, and and like the janitors didn't really need us, so we just like hung out in the basement. <laughs> it, it was definitely <laughs> super creepy. Yeah. I don't know. There's something beautiful about like nomadic janitors. You guys yeah. just traveling around wherever <laughs> we're needed. You know, <laughs> wherever there's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> whenever wherever you know um, yeah yeah wow that is incredible and i can i can also imagine that being like as a result of it maybe in comparison to your time at, at starbucks where it is like customer facing uh and like there's also like very little control over who you're going to uh who you're going to be met with on like a day where you may not be feeling the greatest either right for sure um yeah yeah how about you Gulen? i uh i had yeah, when I started comedy, I was working at a children's, I call it clothing store, but it's like a children's store. It's like uh, Once Upon a Time is what it's called. Okay. And it was like they sold children's clothing, uh, equipment, strollers and such, mm -hmm. and toys. And so, yeah, so we would buy and sell used goods. Uh, and okay. I, it's the first time I had managers and a supervisor who are both like very like decent and nice people. Like I told my uh, manager, that I want to start comedy and that I wanted as many afternoons off as possible. And he gave me, I think I only worked one afternoon shift during the weekday. Wow. wow. And I was like, I was like, so he was very like, I was ready to be like, okay, then I, unfortunately I'm going to have to leave. It was going to be my second part if he didn't mm. give me that. <laughs> but then he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I was like, man, this guy's so great. He like wants me to do, like, I felt like I was the, one of the earliest supports that people were like, yeah, go do it, man. Cause I can't imagine any of the job be like, Fuck you! Like, what do you, mean? <laughs> you want to do comedy? Yeah, I'd, and I'd like to be on an island. We're, like, we're, we're not gonna get that, you know. Uh, so I did that, and then um, later on, I uh, I also worked at Rogers um, over the phone selling stuff. I was yeah. bad at it. They fired me after, right before my probation ended. They fired me, but there was guaranteed <laughs> commission checks yeah. for the first three months, so I was getting paid even after I got fired, which felt like the best thing <laughs> yeah. that I'd ever run. Oh my gosh. I was like, man, you know, these checks are like a grand, two grand. I don't know what I did, but yeah. I love it, you know? <laughs> uh, and then I also did um, uh, Uber Eats. I did Uber Eats for a little bit, yeah. Cycling around town. I was not fast, and I felt bad when I messed up people's order. Like, I give them <sighs> stuff, and the bag clearly spilt, and I'm like, hey. Uh, I'm just, you know, I was just, I was, I was just, I was like, hey, let's just call them and let them know. I'll, I'll confirm as well <laughs> yeah. that it was me. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just. It's a sad existence, you know. Oh, I met some cool man. people who this is their life, and I joined their uh, WhatsApp group. And then after a while, I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm one of you." You know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna leave this You're group. like a bicycle gang. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah, <laughs> they would hang out because they would like work like, like something like like six eight hour days, you know. So they worked the morning, lunch shift, and then they would like chill when it was slow in the couple hours in the after evening, the afternoon, and then they jump on for the dinner thing and they work for like four hours or whatever. So. And where's the hang like fast yeah they where, where would they meet up i need to know where's their <laughs> cheers different, different places but like during the summertime uh, i hung out with them a couple times at trinity bellwoods mm. so they would go there and their lunches smoke weed have coffee That's right uh and then just talk about like just life and what the financial state was and how they hated the app at times and <laughs> right. but they were like these people were like like I, it was weird i met like this it was like this world that I don't like. I'm sure people I've walked by, but I've never noticed. So they live in a definitely a different world than I do. Mm -hmm. But just seeing how like these guys like 
and I still see some of them now, like years later, still cycling. I'm like, I don't know his name, but like, I'm like, hey, you remember me? We hung out twice at Kennedy College. And they're like, I don't know, they're rocking fixed gear bikes. Some of them have like the GoPro cams on them. So yeah, if someone yeah, yeah. crashes them, they have the footage and they're so fast. They run red lights. I love them. And it was, it was great. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, um, I did Uber Eats a bit during the early pandemic and I can agree to the weed and coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you expect me to be around all this delicious food? And, you know, I can't touch it. Yeah. So I'm just staying off it. I, uh, no, that was the best is whenever you got to keep food it's like man but then it it would have been nice if i was driving because when i'm cycling my bag is only so big sometimes like i'm still trying to work for another couple hours it's either i clock out and eat this food or <laughs> <laughs> tough decisions have to be made i was like hey, just keep it or give it to somebody else oh my gosh i when you mentioned like having to to make that disappointing call just to be like oh you know I, i'm sorry i fucked up your order i could just i can't imagine like pulling up like sweaty like you've got like the strap like stains <laughs> from the bag and you're just like partially out of breath you're like trying to be kind and welcoming to this person while also telling them that their low mane is like <laughs> it somehow slipped its way all the way to the bottom of your bag yeah and that's terrible that's um, terrible. i don't know what to tell you guys your mcdonald's mcdonald's sometimes was bad where like eventually some places are really good at like taping the drinks down but other times mm. they wouldn't and then like a drink would just pop like uh in my bag and i was like like i'm sorry your burger is wet yeah <laughs> oh, <yeah>. everything's <laughs> Tobia flavored now <laughs> congrats i mean maybe it'll be easy to digest i guess yeah. I <laughs> you care about those things damn that in many ways it's setting you up for failure in that sense there's really only so much you can do with that like cooler backpack there's very little structure yeah um damn that is uh you, you're right though when um for a couple summers i went uh tree planting in british columbia and uh oh. very very similarly in terms of like um <clears throat> in terms of the structure of like the type of work and in many ways, the kind of like mental fortitude you need to take on this work where there are a lot of things that are out of your control, like the type of land that you're on, whether it's like rocky or soil, like super soily, or if like the, the weather is like really good or really terrible. Um, and that's very much what I'm reminded of when I, when I think about folks who are, who are, you know, doing something like Uber Eats on like on bikes in the city, you know, where, um, it's yeah there's like i think mental fortitude is the the word that like comes to mind because i i can't imagine any other way to describe it you know you like there's like there's like hint of like masochism there because you're like oh yeah it's okay if i get hit by this car like i still gotta make this fruitopia so burger delivery you know <laughs> um and like on one hand it's like it, it will of course kind of speak to you know the precarious nature of like employment right now in many ways but there's also a lot of people who have made it extremely lucrative and have found a way to like survive off it in the same way that there are people who tree plant for like three months and make 40 to fifty thousand dollars which is absurd wow. absurd yeah um and kind of like chill out for the rest of the year and then you know the start of april or or, or start of may they get back into it make their money and and, and rinse and repeat you know how were the yeah. bugs tree planting is it like is that prime like mosquito season yeah um they, i i can't deny that i had it easier than people who uh who tree plant in ontario in northern oh, okay. ontario you have like deer flies and horse flies uh on top of mosquitoes whereas in british columbia you don't get you get the mosquitoes um but you don't get the the former you don't get the horse flies the deer flies so it can get bad um 
I think in if you enter what's called like a summer plant, which is just it's just planting <laughs> in the summer versus <laughs> in the spring season. Um, I guess I, I guess not every kind of company um, has contracts for the summer. Um, that's when it gets like a bit hairy because um, that's when the bees arrive. And um, I guess like in some of these areas where it was like clear cut, um, as you can imagine, a lot of these hives are like up in trees. Um, and then of course, if this like this large, large, you know, plot of land has now, all these trees are like fallen over, um, all these hives are now on the ground. Uh, but you have no idea just because <laughs> there's so much shit on the ground. Um, so like, I absolutely, I think even still am like traumatized from like, not being able to tell the difference between like what like the crunching of like a twig and a leaf under my foot <laughs> versus like oh. the crunching of like a beehive <laughs> like um, a landmine oh. jesus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it really was um and oh, uh yeah i think that was that was probably the worst it was definitely the bees <laughs> and it was like there was nothing you could do like a hundred percent i would just be like planting and sometimes i would just like hear like a twig snap under my foot and i would i would just start running it would it would definitely <laughs> get to a point where i'm like i'm losing my mind i'm in this field by myself no one knows how like how uh how, how much i'm losing right now yeah you ptsd like you're in the city you step on a twig you're like oh my god uh, <laughs> you know what honestly honestly Gulad, um i uh i get like a I like feel weak in my elbows when I hear the like a bee buzzing. Even if it's just like in my oh backyard, my I like actually like I feel weak in the elbows when it happens, and I have to like tell myself I'm like it's okay, it's not. Yeah, it's not. No, it sounds like trauma, man. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's like that is a textbook definition of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's real trauma, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we're it's been. Uh, almost six years since I went tree planting. So slowly working yeah. through it, slowly but surely. Baby uh, steps. Yeah, baby steps. That's right. Um, I, uh, I I appreciate you guys sharing that because I think um, something that I think we as uh, like is always kind of worth reflecting on, and we reflect on it in different ways. Is like uh, not only like how we view ourselves as we kind of enter these like different stages, uh, but where our kind of like um where our like general headspaces are at you know and, and what kind of uh yeah not only how we view ourselves but how we view the world around us and i think you know uh it's fair to say there's very much a stark contrast between some of the jobs that you're working um prior to prior to uh working on on tall boys um with cbc and um in that process i can imagine there's a lot of things that uh, shifts maybe perspective wise in terms of like what you feel reassured about I can imagine you know for example good when you were um, working at like Rogers prior to working at tall boys um, or you would there was like a lot more doubt about maybe like your your, your skill set and like the the quality of your work and whether or not in the kind of current state of like Canadian media whether or not it's like feasible you know to, to kind of um, make it for lack of a better word where I'm sure in many ways a lot of those doubts are kind of dispelled, right? Uh, to a certain degree. And obviously I want to ask you about that. Um, so I guess that's that's a, a question for the two of you is, do you feel like you doubt the same things, you know, about yourself or like the world around you um, as you did, you know, prior to working on the show? And uh, and what are those things? What is it that, that brings you doubt? 
That's a good yeah, question. It really, yeah, I feel like uh, I'm in therapy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's normally Saturdays, but I do like to get it in a little earlier. Nice, so. no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a. Yeah, I feel like, uh, like definitely the doubts. Um, some some of the same doubts have stayed with me. I think before the, getting the show and during the show, and those general doubts are. Um, uh, how good am I? Can I continue doing this? Uh, can I continue producing at the at the level that being at this place requires? Uh, and then also like uh, like some of the feelings I've felt, uh, some things I've felt about myself before the show of like, you know, uh, finding it very hard to be kind to myself, but noticing all the things I'm not doing well. And so now on the show, I get it to see on a bigger screen, on multiple screens now, uh, the things I'm not doing well, as opposed to just, it was a recording that I did on my phone, right? <laughs> which is terrible quality, or it's just audio. So I can, I can't even see what my face is doing. I can just hear my voice and try to picture what was I, I know I didn't enjoy this, but what was my face, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think some of those doubts have definitely, uh, are still here with me, just in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree where it, like the doubt, evolves uh it's interesting especially like being on a show like compared to just yeah working at starbucks doing comedy like um i think i might have doubted how funny i was less at when i when i wasn't professional but that's also because there's like no stakes like every show i was doing was purely like just for fun all my friends are here i'm gonna tell some jokes but i'm working on this i don't know if it works but all of a sudden uh when you get an opportunity like a show it's definitely reassuring which like oh like uh i you know it, it wasn't crazy for me to step out and try and do comedy yeah. on a certain level it's like yeah very reassuring but then you're every all the comedy you're doing is going to be seen at, at this national level so you're like I don't know, you, you question yourself where it's like, oh, is this ready? Is this show good enough? Like, can I do better? Like, uh, and then like, even in the room, like writing with, with each other, we're all great friends, but there's all certain times where, you know, like, oh, I'm not feel like I'm pulling my weight in the writer's room right now. I need to, need to come in with more sketches, more premises. Like yeah. it, it definitely, it comes in waves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you both for sharing that. <laughs> I know, uh, I, like you said, I, I, uh, maybe came with the uh with the therapy consultation to uh to start this episode <laughs> no, but it's, i mean it's a it's an interesting question because like i don't think we get asked a lot about doubts normally we get asked questions about like what is it like to write for a show you know what uh what is it like being diverse so i was like being asked like <laughs> do you have doubt like that's i don't think, <laughs> I don't think maybe it's the first or maybe second time anyone's asked me do i have doubt doing this you know yeah no i mean i, I think it's it's important to like reflect on because like you said too right they're gonna they're gonna shift as a result of of your spaces i mean uh whether it's like something you feel insecure about or if it's like um a challenge in like you know uh feeling feeling kind of like stern or maybe like uh not stern comfortable in like in in who you are and where you are in the world and uh you know, how kind you kind of, as you said, can be to yourself, how gentle you can be with yourself while still wanting to kind of improve rather than, than maybe being critical in that way. Um, but I, I think I, we wanted to ask you that question because of course, as you said, I, at the same time as, you know, feeling like there might be some more validation as a result of, of, you know, uh, being paid to, to, to write sketches, um, there, 
there's like these stakes, right? That like we can, I mean, I'm sure on one hand, I'm sure there are tons of people who are like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about these voices. But it's like, okay, come on. We've spent our whole lives, literally our whole lives. And <laughs> still up until this point, um, uh, feeling like in sometimes, you know, invisible scrutiny, um, but also in, in many ways, very, very, very explicit kind of scrutiny and judgment. Um, and particularly on a platform like CBC too, right? It's like, um, I can imagine there's also just like, you know, thinking of like its legacy in like Canada or whatever it is, you know, um, there's just a lot of layers to that, which, which obviously makes it more complex. Um, so I, I think, yeah, <laughs> we didn't just want to leave it there, be like, okay, great. You guys are done. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, on the, on the converse, I, I suppose I, I want to ask, you know, what do you feel more reassured about, you know, what outside of maybe just your uh outside of your craft because i'm sure as you said right being able to kind of wake up every day and and and, and go after go after sketches and, and work on them and hone them um is like incredibly validating i imagine um but outside of outside of what you've now kind of been able to achieve um uh, on a professional front what do you feel more reassured about yourselves if if at all you know oh that's a good question uh that's yeah. the thing i i I feel like that the, my answer to this question would also be very different pr pre pandemic. Mm. Cause I feel like, uh, yeah, uh, just have ev everything shutting down and staying inside for a year has made me doubt everything about myself. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, just yeah. gave me a lot of time to focus on, uh, uh everything, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, dwell, yeah. um, dwell for sure. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Um, I think uh, I I'm I'm still got to work at it, but honestly, working on the show has has helped me a lot on just communication skills mm. in in life. And I think we really learned how to how, the importance and how to like check in and talk to each other about our feelings while working on the show, and just like making sure we're all comfortable and how we feel about the material. And like I've applied that into other aspects of my life of uh, just like learning how to communicate uh, yeah. a, a lot better. That that's definitely like. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I, there's still, I still got ways to go, but I think hey. that's one thing that the show has hundred percent given me. Yeah. And I yeah. think I'm one of the best communicators out there. <laughs> it's me, I think Barack Obama, uh, <laughs> the guy yeah. who invented the Alex Anagram bell. I agree with Tim. Like, uh, I have to say, yeah, of like, um, just like yeah the communication is definitely up there for me like just being able to know that like these guys have my back that like uh if i express like if i'm not feeling well yeah or not enjoying something part of the process that they their instinct is to be like how can we make it better for you it's a very yeah. new thing because like i i don't know if i'm used to that level of support you know mm. of people being like what can we do to make this thing better for you i'm like this is very like I still feel like it's a trap, you know, like, <laughs> like, I come back at some point. They're like, so, you know, that time we helped you, here's what we need in return. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn it. I knew, I knew I couldn't trust it. Yeah. Um, but definitely I think like, uh, uh, on a, just a more a personal level, like yeah. feeling that like, I'm still capable of doing this, even with all the doubt that I, and feelings that I bring into it, that sometimes I'm like, man, if I can just lighten some of this load, I want to fly, baby. I'm going to fly. Oh my goodness. For I can't sure. wait. <laughs> that's, that's a, I think a, a really incredible, <clears throat> really incredible way to, to kind of, um, to sit with it. Because like you said, it's not gonna, it's not just going to disappear in a, in an instant, you know? Um, 
I certainly empathize with the fear that comes with uh, accepting uh, like kindness or, or like love or, or in this particular <laughs> way as like a way of, I mean, again, we, uh, we obviously don't want to make our, our, uh, I mean, fuck it. Our podcast episode is now officially therapy. We're yeah, running with it. We started with the mind? grieving of, yeah. of Norman Powell. Yeah, we put yeah. the tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to run through the gambit. Exactly. <laughs> At the end, we will all be crying and be like, we should, yeah, "Listen, guys, look, we don't need to put this out, but this is good. <laughs> this, this really meant a lot." Um, but no, that's that's uh, of course it's it's like it's gonna gonna end up being an ongoing process, right? And I think like not necessarily embracing the doubt to the point where you limit yourself, right? But uh, allowing for it to be there as like something that you know, I think to what to what tim said right is like embracing it as this thing that of course is not going to disappear overnight but as something that you inch away at right as like a as a dial movement forward rather than a a binary of of success or failure which oftentimes is 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 what we kind of fall into the trap of right i think i'm sure all of us can can kind of speak to the that that binary that exists in our in our homes as well um which uh, or growing up i should say pardon me um but Thank you. Thank you both for, for sharing that. I think it's, uh, I think it's important to, to hear that, you know, particularly when, um, I think particularly from, from people who spend most of their days making other people laugh as well, right? You play a great role in, in contributing to the kind of wellness of other people, but you know, what, what, what are you saying, you know? I don't know. Who's so, making us laugh? Yeah. Who's, who's making you laugh? Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, uh, this is, of course, you know, friendship, but it's also a business at this point. And, uh, <laughs> um, and you know what, like, uh, with this, uh, it, obviously, a lot of like different challenges pop up, and you guys have to kind of know, um, well, this is how I, I would look at it. I'm not sure if, uh, if other groups of friends look at it. But when the the business can get nasty, you know, maybe it's, it's best to, to kind of separate that for a little bit. Um, but when you guys are kind of working together, how do you deal with kind of that, um, that pushback that you might deal with when it comes to creating those ideas and things like that? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Go, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I, I think number one is especially like also navigating business or even creative ideas. And I, this goes back to the last question is like operating as a united front mm-hmm. as us, the tall boys. Like, I think we were very lucky to come in this scenario as a sketch troupe, as friends for a while. And I think that's truly like the core of, of, of it. Like uh, no, no matter what, like just checking in with how we all feel about it and, you know, coming up with some sort of compromise for lack of the better word or, or, or maybe more agreement uh but like mm. i i think like that's really the our our foundation is operating from a place where we can all agree on and feel comfortable uh what and then like whether that be an idea that you know maybe the network isn't so hot on but it's like oh i really care about this you guys really want this let's let's push and fight for this idea and make sure it gets on, on screen or, uh, you know, wh- whether it's like negotiating contracts, you know, it's like, let's all, you know, come to a consensus. And I think we also get a lot of power from that, like mm-hmm. operating as a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with them. Yeah, it's like, it's still like a, a work in progress too, where we're uh, figuring this stuff out as we go, because 
like we were a troupe for two years and then we got a show uh and so we're like in the infancy of our like development as a group you know uh, outside of the show and so learning of like how we yeah how we communicate with each other and uh because it is like it i think with anything but maybe more so with art is like it gets emotional you know because you are trying to you're trying your best to hone whatever that thing is inside you onto paper and make other people laugh and when it doesn't get a laugh that hurts you know because you're like yeah. man i put i put a part of me in this thing and it just didn't land um but learning to like also it's still very hard like like to list the criticism when something's bombed you know even if the criticism is to help make it better you're just yeah. like i'm in my feelings you know that's and right. I'm just like i'm like fucking um you know and then it's hard to like be like you gotta pay attention to what people are saying and not just start spiraling and stuff and so like learning right. to like yeah even as a group to like have those moments of like where um we don't all see eye to eye on something but can we have a discussion and express our feelings in a way that like uh you're heard but also like it, it feels somewhat productive you know yeah yeah it's um that's that's a uh, a really brilliant way to put it i think um it can be like really scary uh when for like a moment in in those like moments of of hearing like criticism which is what it is or a critique of your work um you like forget that these people like have like an, an undying respect for you and like they care for <laughs> yeah. you you know absolutely um, they become my haters immediately yeah, <laughs> exactly. i knew you were plotting yeah. <laughs> exactly. oh it sounds like something you'd say <laughs> that's right um and it's like it's uh it's scary just like how the the mind can play those games right where like in an instance you have to like stop and be like oh hold on this person is telling me this not only because they they care about me and and they're being honest with me but it's because they they, they they're looking at this kind of larger picture too right um i i suppose to follow up on that i like um you know it sounds like there's a a lot of kind of like honesty and a lot of candor amongst the, the four of you um but i i guess um i'm curious to know in what ways um or or to to what degree it, it becomes like a a game of like a game of, of inches almost um, when there's pushback from uh, or, or if ever from um, from like the, the studio, you know, um, because, of course, I, I can imagine as a result of what what you folks want to talk about and, and kind of convey in your comedy, a lot of which I think has like come across really well, like all they tolerate is like a, a, a really lovely example. Um, and in, in many ways, it's something that I kind of want to ask, too, is like, do you find yourselves um ever kind of like balancing that front um with a studio because because you know you're you're very much aware of like uh the game that's kind of played there right whether it's like one you know the fact that it's like okay yeah sure like we got these four diverse guys on the sh on the air you know this is like um we're, we're doing our part which to a certain degree is true but of course um and i'm sure you folks feel this way is you want more you know you, you want to talk about more you want to speak on more um, and that I can imagine ends up being a roadblock sometimes. Um, is that something that that you you find yourselves having gotten into a better groove of knowing how to manage? Um, do you feel like I, I doubt that that you know united front kind of goes anywhere when when you are met with resistance? But um, how do you kind of how do you deal with that kind of resistance or, or pushback when it is kind of from um, this this larger governing body? 
yeah, I think uh, Bruce really helps with that. Bruce mm. McCullough, who like uh, show runs and produce and, yeah. and directs, like coming from having so much experience doing the kids in the hall and working in, in television. And I think especially dealing with networks, he kind of taught us that, yeah, you know, it, it is a game of inches and it's like, you got to pick your battles. You know, when you get network notes back on material that you wrote, you know, some of the notes, you, you know, are pretty reasonable. It's like, oh, we need more clarity here. We understand here. And then some of the notes are a bit more abstract. And it's like, oh, we don't really feel this or something. So it's like learning like what notes to accept and be like, oh, thank you that. And what notes like, you need to push back on it's like no this sketch has to happen this way mm. they have to say this specific dialogue like it's very important to you know what we're trying to convey and i think uh and i think that's super helpful also like because you you want a, a healthy relationship with the network to a certain degree like you don't want to cater to everything you know because i i feel like they're they're always trying to rein you in and make sure you know, you're, you're not too off the rails. And as an mm. artist, I think you're trying to push the boundaries and do what you can. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's helpful, you know, to yeah, implement certain notes. So they're like, Oh, they know we're listening. We're nowhere here, but then be able to push back on, on the things that truly matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like everything Tim said that I, mean, I felt like even like um, in general, like, I feel like we, like yeah bruce is such a good liaison like he's the one who deals with the network mm -hmm. and but overall like i think our experience has been we don't i don't know if we get like a ton of pushback on stuff you know because a lot of stuff they're like it's more yeah as tim was saying either clarity or abstract things but uh there's not too often where they're like we hate this idea or mm -hmm. we just absolutely do not like just yeah i don't get this idea at all uh, most of the time it's just like yeah you know maybe yeah, maybe not this one or maybe we have too much poop related stuff you know yeah. you gotta pick you gotta pick which scat sketch you want yeah and I, I also think especially when you talk about like a sketch like all day tolerate i think that comes back to the doubt where it's like yeah i think we're, we are a diverse guy about a diverse guy we're all one, <laughs> we guy, one guy who's guy. super diverse, diverse. Uh, like a, is it megatron <laughs> yeah 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 we all form into a or voltron the, yeah, yeah. Voltron, uh, there we go we're, we're a diverse sketch troupe, and uh, I think that's also what CBC is interested in. We mm -hmm. can tackle a lot of topics that other other shows can't really uh, get to as as kosher as we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so so they're very interested in in certain stuff like all they tolerate, and I think mm -hmm. that that's where the pressure and doubt comes. Where it's like you write a, a, a premise, you know, dealing with something with race, and CBC is like ready, like oh yeah, give it to us. Like we want to hear, like bring it. Mm -hmm. And it's like I don't know if we <laughs> if I've tackled out this idea yet. Right. Like and and it, it that's where it becomes like a, a conversation between us. Like all they tolerate was a big battle of many and many issues trying mm -hmm. to refine like what we're trying to say, you know, because it's. A big thing and and it's like uh, hopefully i think a lot of people of color can relate to mm. but we want to get it right we don't it's also like you know other people have touched on similar topics so we want to make sure we're putting our stamp on it sure. uh, that that's our own but also it's still something that will ring rain true when people watch and enjoy yeah um, yeah you know um one of my favorite sketches is the uh the grandmother sketch where you know all you can speak say is like how's your knee um and i i love that because you know i i speak thumbel my grandma speaks thumbel all i can say is how are you 40 times you know in a visit <laughs> and it makes me wonder like is that something that the the studio network like gets off rip or do you have to like explain this and 
don't understand. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if there was. Uh, I think I think they understood what was happening. Yeah, like uh, I I felt like they understood what the POV was in that one. I think maybe there was like maybe the notes might have been sometimes to do with pacing or or certain like like just them like small little details uh, on the sketch. But I think I felt from off the rip they got what I was trying to go for uh, in that sketch. And it was actually, yeah, like it was the, I think it's the first time definitely in the sketch trip that I've even mentioned being Somali mm-hmm. and probably mm-hmm. one of the few jokes or one of the few ideas in since doing comedy where I mentioned even being Somali. Like it's wow. something that like, I don't, mm-hmm. it's weird. Like I don't, I talk about being black more than I do being Somali. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though Somali is part of it. Cause I just maybe at times still struggle with like, my Somali identity of like, yeah. I've grown up Somali, but like, I don't feel super connected community outside of my family. Mm. And so then I feel like, and so then there's like, I don't have as much to draw from. And also because my Somali is terrible as well mm. that like, I'm sure that's where a lot more humor, like if I could like, if I understood like the intricacies of this language and, and the community, then I could draw more things. I feel like at times like more foreigner making jokes about mm. being Somali as opposed to a Somali person drawing from that experience <laughs> wow and that's got i can imagine too it's like uh as a result of 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 kind of feeling that way when you do bring it when you do bring it to the table there like a lot of people uh, i can imagine the assumption is also like oh yeah this is like uh this is just a joke you're just like parodying this and you're actually like ah, i know this happened last week <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i saw my grandmother you know um yeah damn I feel like the hardest part of that specific Somali grandmother sketch was finding was casting someone who like spoke Somali of that age and, and uh, uh, uncomfortable being on camera like that that was yeah. definitely like the the toughest part yeah eventually uh, the person who ended up playing my grandmother was the person who was sent out to find my grandmother <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't find anyone she's like I mean I could I could do it like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Why did you just ask me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't know how. I literally didn't know how. So, yeah, so eventually they're like, she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And it's just very nice. I kept thanking her like profusely because uh, there just aren't a lot of Somali people doing like this in general. Mm-hmm. So obviously then there wouldn't be a lot of Somali elderly people doing this. Right. There just aren't a lot of younger people doing this. So it's just like they're missing all throughout the pipeline there's people who are doing it but just the numbers are so small yeah yeah you're paving the way you're going to be the Somali grandpa in, in a I, couple yeah. of decades i'm everywhere. excited dude the, morgan the freeman Somali Danny glover freeman. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know i'm getting too old for this shit i'm excited but i'll figure out what the somali translation for that is <laughs> that's right it'll be you and and moji just repaving the way and uh barakat abdi the guy who played uh, oh, the, guy, the pirate yeah. right. i gotta see him in uh in more movies you know what i'm saying like he he was yeah. so convincing as a pirate i'm like let's see him in now you know a different thing a rom-com you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i uh what other films i've i've, I've seen him in good time he's in that safety brothers film oh yeah oh, with, uh, i totally forgot about that that's a great movie i haven't seen that yeah um very small role and um yeah unfortunate role i to some degree that's very <laughs> much um he's also in um blade runner 2049 he plays oh, a really he plays okay, a very so small role yeah he thought he's working his way up okay I like killing him. it killing he's, it he's working his way up that's right i mean what uh, a big role to like come out in 
first ever time acting and to be playing such like a that character you know that's yeah. right and, and then he, he says the line that like sums up the movie uh, that's the only I quote know. that's the only quote like yeah. yeah and it's still in like it was like in i think not the most recent season but the season like season four now big mouth season three of big mouth mm. they did it It was a joke where like they changed uh nick Kroll's character to make Deke look like he's like i am the captain now it did, it did it like, it was just like a little joke they did i was like yeah what's in this bitch look at that <laughs> that's so cool we're animated now yeah wow. stole the movie with a line beautiful i know <laughs> oh my gosh that yeah some say I, that you know some say that gif is maybe you know up there better than the movie <laughs> I mean, I remember that gift more than I do the entire movie. To be yeah. with you. That's right. Um, it, it, you're, you're, you actually raise a really great point. His, his, um, his kind of like ascent was like phenomenal. I think, like, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the actors who played the other pirates are his boys, like from oh, really? yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. dope. Uh, yeah. Is, yeah, with the day ones. Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly um so just like i can i mean one like jumping into like a really intense and like high big budget movie production i can imagine it was like, super overwhelming so to have his like friends there with them is like really sweet it's just like oh yeah you know i was just like with my friends like quite literally these are these are the people that yeah you know, that I've <laughs> with. <laughs> that's not cool wait you know have you guys actually had to do auditions prior to this for like those super like oh typecast kind of roles uh yeah yeah i've d- i've done a, a a few auditions yeah at some some definitely typecast where it's just like uh i'm only going out for this role because i'm black this is not uh, my type at all <laughs> like I'll, I'll i'll do the audition but you're not gonna cast me in this role <laughs> all right i'm yeah i'm not a gangster uh oh, yeah. by any means yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i only recently got an agent but the few auditions i went were were not typecast in that way they were just Weird selling a cereal where your hand turns into a, a, a claw of a, of a crab or something like that. And it's like <laughs> just these weird things. Where it's like, but play it normal. It's like, okay, so normally I'd be freaking out, but <laughs> let's be playful about it. I'm like, okay, so not play it normal. Then. <laughs> you know, those things where you're like, that's why when I see people book those commercials, I'm like, man, you have to like, you have to find a lot of instincts to, to do the thing that they want which is not what naturally people would be doing <laughs> yeah I, I think i think the role the, the key to landing any commercial acting role is you have to get really good at being like this is kind of weird but i'm still about it like this weird like <laughs> almost office like what's going on but like not too much yeah yeah like, that's most comedy you've, commercials you've seen down. this before you know yeah. it's yeah. like okay yeah but okay this start- is weird <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That um, that reminds us of uh, of a, a guest we've had on the the show before, uh, Edward Edward Kim. Who, oh, uh, he's yeah, great. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, he's Humber alum. <laughs> Incredible. The comedy community is like it's it's surprisingly, at least in Toronto, like there are a lot of people doing it. But if you do it, if you're doing enough shows, like you kind of know most of the players in the scene. That's cool. That yeah. is really cool. I, I definitely. I think like it's also so cool where like you see people who are professional who are doing it so long and like you're in your first year and you get to be on shows with them like that doesn't happen in a lot of other places yeah. uh you know maybe it's kind of sad for the pros <laughs> but i mean it, it's it's such great experience like yeah uh for, like starting out yeah you yeah. guys felt the the pressure to to move to the states at all to try new york out or anything like that 
I mean, that that's where it seems like, especially in Canada, like you don't really, really get the recognition uh, until you, you go to the States. Uh, and uh, I mean, but that's the, I love Canada. I love Toronto. If I could really keep on like doing comedy and making a living here, like I, I don't think I'd, I need to to move but mm. yeah there's there's always the allure of like new york city that's where you go to be a comedian <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 25 shows in one night like exactly <laughs> where else can you do it you know yeah i, I did think else. about that yeah where it's like i i've gone back and forth on it where like i still feel like i want to like for some reason this, the states i want to try at los angeles just mm. like this this is my this is my moby dick you know i gotta <laughs> i gotta know i just gotta know you know so i gotta like I feel like I just I gotta go there and give it like, if I was going there, and that's the part I'm still struggling with. It's like, it's like if I go there, now you go into a bigger pool with mm-hmm. many more people. So it's like the competition is not. It doesn't have to necessarily be like the pool is like everyone's so much better than you, but it's just so many more people. Yeah. Uh. So like being like if I go there, like I gotta, I gotta give it everything I have to see like what could happen. For uh, sure. So there's there's a part of me that just wants to try it out just to see like like it's weird like I'm doing a TV show here. But the problem is like, that's going to be different when you do it in the States, you know, mm. then I'm really doing a TV show. You know, <laughs> so they a TV show here. I'm like, but it's different. Like, you know, there's CBC, then there's NBC, you know, there's, it's just like the budgets ABC, are bigger, you know, yeah. <laughs> ABC, <laughs> right. You know, it's like, so a part of me is like, I just want to like, it's probably the same thing, you know, but a part of me is like, let me just see, they're either writers are going to have different cables, different notepads, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be right walk- with their last hand more often. Exactly. Like, we'll find out. <laughs> You're gonna be walking down, you know, Crenshaw Boulevard, and you're gonna see three other people who look exactly like you, who like give you like an elevator look as you walk by, and you're like, "What the fuck? Yeah. There's yeah. only one of me in Toronto. How's this happening?" Exactly. Yeah, I go there. I'm like, I'm not special anymore. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and whereas like here, you say that, and someone comes in like you know, pats your shoulder, and like, "Hey, no, you led. There's so much about you. That's incredible." You know, yeah. Like bus stop in L.A. Someone just like, "Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely right." There's nothing special. <laughs> And then you gotta compete with Dane Cook over there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just got a monopoly on the whole industry. My God, <laughs> <laughs> Dane Cook. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I want to be mindful of time here, and uh, and and want to thank you, thank the two of you for for sharing as much as you have with us. You know, um, to to wrap things up, you know, we're just gonna just pivot a little bit and um, enter. Uh, segment of the show that um, we're just introducing right now called um, Crypto Talk. And we're just we're just going to spend the next actually hour, um, <laughs> the remaining of this episode, um, exclusively talking about crypto. You know, you're obviously I, in this. Yeah, oh, thank, great, great, great. You we know, only do in an hour? I can go for three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, truly, thank, thank you so much for, uh, for, for being here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do the, the quick pitch. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Tuesday night's at 9.30 that you can watch uh, Tall Boys on CBC Gem. Um, you know, get the app, wade through the Fido ads, you know, the Manulife ad, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. okay, it's worth it. Um, and, you know, I was going to say, you have any parting words, but that's that's not helpful if there's no, uh, if there's no lead up to that, you know? <laughs> um, so instead, I will simply ask, you know, how, how are the two of you going to spend your, your evening today? Uh, I'm gonna uh, do some uh, grocery shopping. Uh, mean to do that for a while, and if I can, do laundry. But you know, that's uh, nice. For, that's two things. Two things. It's two, two things. things. I'm gonna see how I feel when I when I get off this. Uh, actually, let's see what the time is. 
Yeah, laundry's off the list. Uh, it's off the list. <laughs> just look at the time. I was like, probably not going to happen. Grocery shopping can happen, though. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Uh, I'm going to watch some Sketchfest. Toronto Sketchfest is happening right now mm-hmm. online. So I'm going to okay. gonna log on, watch some watch some sketches. Brilliant. Hell yeah. That's incredible. Um, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Gula, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks uh, for having us. We hope yeah, we- great time. We hope in uh, in a you know, I was gonna say distant future, but in a near future, we can do something like this again, where we we reflect, you know, on what we're doubting and what we're yeah. reassured about, and uh, <laughs> and you know, who knows, maybe at that point you'll you'll be in New York doing 50, 50 shows a night, you know, chain smoking <laughs> with Chappelle, just having a time. The dream. I'll be getting crushed by Dane Cook. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just can't go anywhere, dude. This guy, <laughs> this guy really runs the scene. <laughs> so pervasive yeah um but this has been episode 85 of high top flip-flops as always i'm krish i'm here with navek we've got guled and tim from tall boys um thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time everyone say bye on three one two three bye, bye.